Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that's discussing issues and hot topics influencing the pagan world from a millennial perspective. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jarrah Stone. And in studio today, we have uh, Alexis with us, and she's going to be talking a little bit about her uh, her traditions. Mm-hmm. And so, I just want to say welcome to the show. Thanks. Hello. Thanks for having having me. Mm-hmm. Yay! So, yeah. so how are you doing, Jarrah? Um, so we had, uh, our reclaiming Maybon, um, ritual last night and mm-hmm. I am, uh, still worn out from it. <laughs> I totally understand. I'm right there with you in the worn out zone. Yeah. So as we normally do with a new guest, we offer, um, Alexis a chance to talk about her coming of witch story. So go ahead. So I'm just going to take a minute to introduce myself Please do. Um, in our traditional way. Mm-hmm. Thank you to both of you for having me here. My name is Alexis Showers. I'm the granddaughter of Lucy, Lucy Anna, and uh, George Vigas. I'm also the granddaughter of Frederick and Margaret Cox. I'm the daughter of Shirley and Michael Cox. I'm a wife. I am the mother of two um, fantastic adult daughters. Um, And in my community, I am known as a massage therapist and an herbalist. I do ritual and ceremony work. And I am the owner of Crow and Owl, which is in the central Phoenix area. Oh, thank you very much no, for having me. You. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. What is Crow and Owl? Crow and Owl is a holistic wellness studio okay. where I practice curanderismo. I work with the community. I provide um, spiritual work, limpias, uh, candle work. Um, and then um, I do herbal consultations. Mm-hmm. And then I do work as a sobradora as well, awesome. uh, which is a massage therapist. And I'm sure we'll get into all of those things that all of my listeners went, what, what, (laughs) in just a bit. But first, so how did you come to your witchcraft, magical practice, Um, et cetera? So I had an unusual upbringing. My father was a historian. So I spent most of my life growing up in indigenous cultures all over North and Central America, which is where I was introduced to this work. Um, to the practices and, and this way of living. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really until I got to college that I realized the rest of the world doesn't live like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went through a period of time where I tried to like adjust to be what the outside world viewed me mm-hmm. that I was supposed to be. Um, a marriage, two kids, a um, really stressful career several years later. I uh, found myself walking across the campus at the University of New Mexico. Um, I was there for work, and I could smell the smell of incense, and I could hear drumming, and um, I was at a point where I was like, oh, that feels like home. (laughs) So I wandered around, and I looked for what I could smell, and I ran into the... um, healing fair that was being done on campus for the curanderismo course that they do there every summer and I stood around and I watched and I was like oh like I I need to be here like Mm -hmm. figure out how to be a part of this and so I came home from that work trip and just kind of like tore everything apart I was like okay I need to like 
reevaluate how I'm living. And I had a lot of health issues at the time. I was like, this is really like, I need to go back to doing what I was brought up in. And, um, you know, the universe works in fantastic ways. (laughs) (laughs) I wound up um, going back to school, getting my massage license. And then just through like, meeting people and and going to different things found my way into an apprenticeship with a corandera from Tampico, Mexico. And, um, I did that for several years and now I, um, practice solo here in the Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have, um, several folks that I still work with to learn from. I'm hoping in the next uh, year or so to be able to initiate as a tennis galera to run um, sweats mm-hmm. in the um, traditional way. So that's pretty much how I got here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. So there's a couple of different words that I know I'm not familiar with, which probably means a large majority of neo-pagan millennials aren't aware of. Um, from what I have read about you, your practice is indigenous Mexican paganism. Is that a correct assumption? So, um, Corinderismo comes in a lot of different variations and versions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's practiced throughout central Mexico, South America. It comes back around into Puerto Rico. Um, some of the islands in the Caribbean, uh, you'll find corinderas and corinderos there. Um, there's some crossover, and it's really the the last medicine, or um, well, we call it medicine. Some people call it magic um, that exists that revol- that involves both the physical practice of folklore medicine mm-hmm. and the spiritual practice of it combined so um if you go kind of like down into central america and south america you'll find that the medicine has um it originated from the aztec and mayan cultures but the folks who were responsible for keeping the medicine super smart um in the way that they did it instead of allowing it to be ruined by by different cultures that came into it they adopted and adapted in order to be able to to welcome those cultures in and then also to be able to survive different cultures that mm-hmm. were colonizing right um so there are different variations of it sometimes you'll find um that there's some celtic culture Sometimes you'll find some Catholicism or kind of more of a Spanish flair to it. Sometimes there's um, some Moorish and Muslim um, practices, depending upon where where you find it. And then all of the different indigenous cultures throughout um, the southern areas are also blended into it when you get around into Puerto Rico and into the Caribbean and the islands, you'll find that there's a little bit of voodoo and um, Santeria mixed into it as well. So it depends upon who you learn from and and where your heritage comes from. 
Right. So it is separate from Santeria and Bruja and Voodoo. It's a different tradition. Yeah, yes almost. and no. <laughs> so you'll find that there's different parts of Carandorbisimo that influence um, Voodoo practice or Santeria um, and then vice versa. Right. So it just depends. It does communicate well or work well <laughs> with others. So, so it's de- definitely a, a tradition that kind of pulls that, that – pulls from the heritage of the people who practice it yes absolutely awesome that is really cool so it's an initiatory tradition Mm -hmm. and you'll find that um not any curandero or curandera is exactly the same so Mm -hmm. there's lots of different areas some are um really good at ritual work um there are some who like um the danzantes that dance the the dance of the prayer um that's a specific ritual all of its own there are some who are only herbalists some that are midwives some that do temescal work Um, there are some that are only massage therapists or bone setters Um, so it just depends upon what you're called to right and then how how you're taught right and um I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I know I won't pronounce it properly. But that the word that you're using is the word that um, is the practitioner. Yes. Okay. So the overall arching medicine is curandorissimo. And then women who practice it are curanderas. And the men who practice are curanderos. Is there any magic that only one specific gender can or medicine that only one specific gender can do that the other cannot? Um, aside from like the midwifery work, right? not really. There's, um, each gender has a role depending mm-hmm. upon what it is. You'll find some, um, some folks kind of lean more towards one direction or the other. Like a lot of bone setters are right. generally men. Mm-hmm. Um, so do, uh, now being that it is such a, um, a, a rich history, it, it sounds like it's more in the, in the Hispanic tradition. Um, or do you find that there's more of a influx of non-Hispanics actually practicing or, uh, or do you think that it's, it's something that should be kept to, uh, to the Hispanic Hispanic culture and tradition? It's a super good question. Um, so it has always been a verbal tradition mm-hmm. that was handed from family member to family member. I have been adopted into the Texcatlipoca Red Clan. Mm-hmm. And in 1989, the elders of that particular clan came together and realized that there were not a lot of people wanting to learn. And so they opened it up for the right of adoption to happen, to be able to come into the medicine. Um, I think that there is a great deal of misunderstanding and some misappropriation that does happen between cultures, um, which is why when I, when I talk and I teach, I stress the fact that I have a huge appreciation for the medicine it's important to have that and while we all carry some type of magic or medicine within us this is the medicine from the land that i was born in i was mm-hmm. raised in 
And having come out of the household that I came out of, my father worked really hard to always stress to us that in order to understand people, it's important to be able to use the medicine from the area, the food from the area that we live in, in order to be able to be a part of um, the understanding to build bridges. Mm-hmm. Definitely a, a very, very localized uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long have you been practicing? Um, aside from my gap there between college and um, my coming back around, mm-hmm. this has always been something that I have practiced somewhat um, in some manner uh, of of living. Uh, I've been an herbalist for almost 26 years. Mm-hmm. I've been a massage therapist for almost 13. Um, but in and out of life, I've probably been practicing this particular type of medicine for hmm, 25 years. Is there any deities or spirits that are influencing your practice? So I do a lot of ancestral work mm-hmm. um, upon my adoption into um, this work. I do in the medicine well what's considered a lot of north northern work. Um, I I do work as a death doula, so I'm drawn towards the um, the work of Tex Calipoca and the Smoking Mirror and being able to work with reflection and um, help people do do mirror work or um, they're able to release what they don't need to be able to to walk their path fulfill mm-hmm. their purpose in your time practicing has there has there ever been like a a, a, a certain call uh, other than other than being a death doula do you think that that kind of you've you've dabbled in or you've kind of gone gone into and just seen that it, it maybe wasn't for you at the time I'm going to say probably not because as I learn more, um, as I mature in the work that I do, I really work hard to listen to my intuition of where I'm drawn. Mm -hmm. And so then I spend my time doing that. I've learned over the years to really pay attention to my intuition and the promptings I get. I do a lot of ancestral work. Uh, so when they say go this way, I go that way. <laughs> okay. Do, do you do, you do um, in, in your magic practice, do you do uh, different types of rituals and, and things like that? Sure, yeah. So uh, we use um, the medicine wheel, uh, it's seasonal, uh, the cardinal four directions. And so when we hit, you know, the equinox and the solstices, there's, there's ritual and... Um, I'm going to say pretty much like I'm lucky because of what I do that I'm able to basically do ritual 24 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get there. <laughs> when I get up, you know, um, oh, we always have candles going in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time doing uh, prayer work and then, um, my studio is open Tuesdays through Saturdays, mm-hmm. and generally we're pretty busy. So I just, yeah, my my whole day is 
my work. (laughs) Awesome. So do you want to talk a little bit about your clan and maybe how it was formed or what it means? Sure. So in our tradition, there are four Texcatlipocas. They come from the creation story. And it's ba- they. Um, if you look at a map of um, Mexico, they overlay the areas that the Aztec and the Mayan and the Zabtec lived. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what forms the clan. And the Texcatlipoca Red Clan is for the north area. And it is the clan is um, handed down through uh, who you are taught from right. or um, how you are adopted into to the medicine. Right. Awesome. And uh, what is a Tex... Tex... Texcatlipoca. Texcatlipoca. I got it. <laughs> hey. With a little help. <laughs> Um, so Texcatlipoca is one of the deities mm-hmm. or gods. Um, some people refer to them as energy. There we um, so he's the deity for the north. Casquatl uh, is the deity of the east. Huitzilopochtli, which is the blue hummingbird, is the deity of the south, and Koyoshaki. Uh, is the deity for the West. Um, and when we do work uh, for ourselves or for others, these deities are actually a reflection of parts of our personality that live within us. Um, so Texcatlipoca represents the smoky mirror or the obsidian mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. We use a lot of obsidian in this medicine. And um, it's all about reflection um, for us, like um, what we're afraid of, um, parts of our personality that we may not want to look at. (laughs) Um, And then there it goes further into being able to do dream planting work or um, scrying Mm -hmm. type of work. Your listeners might be more familiar with. Yes, crying. Yeah. I am yeah. at least. <laughs> what you mean? Um, do you know the other aspects that the other three deities represent? Sure. So, um, Quetzalcoatl represents the movement of our breath, mm-hmm. uh, very similar to like the Shotki energy um, in the Ayurvedic or yogic tradition. Um, if you look at him, he's a serpent, and it's also a representative of our spine. Oh. Right? So a lot of the, the drawings that you see traditionally, um, he looks like a dragon, kind of, but it's actually um, our breath and then our spine, Ooh, our nervous system. Right. Um, Pochli is the left-handed hummingbird. He represents our um, will. Uh, our ability to be focused, to listen to our internal wisdom. And Koyoshaki, she um, represents the moon, and you often see her as um, in a wheel, as a woman who is cut into multiple pieces. And it comes from a portion of the creation story. Um, but it's about being able to, 
she represents the moon and all of the different parts and pieces of us that sometimes have to come apart, right? Because mm -hmm. um, the West, the portion of the medicine well is um, all about releasing and letting go of. And so it's these parts and pieces of us that we cut up into, into pieces, let it right. go, and then we come back together to make a whole person. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with more of this fantastic knowledge. Yes. Millennial Pagan Podcast is exclusively supported by Patreon. Listeners like you can gain great benefits from your favorite show, such as... At $1 a month, you get a personalized shout out at the end of the next full length episode. At $5 a month, you receive a thank you card in the mail with a Millennial Pig and Podcast button and sticker enclosed. Additionally, $5 a month supporters have access to our monthly 30-minute mini-sodes. Patreon supporters are also the first to learn about new and exciting updates to Millennial Pig and Podcast. More benefits and exclusive content to come. The 18th annual Phoenix Pig and Pride Day is November 2nd at Steel Indian School Park. This free-to-the-public event will have workshops, live entertainment, vendors, local artists, and much more. Featured guests include Wendy Rule, Courtney Weber, Kellyanne Garrard, and Jenna Green. Millennial Pagan Podcasts will have a booth, and many previous guests will be in attendance. Autumn Wolf will be hosting a workshop on expanding the Triple Goddess. You can learn more on their website at paganpridephx.com or on their Facebook page at Phoenix Pagan Pride Day. Special thanks to... Everything just rocks. All right, and uh, we are back, and again, we're talking with uh, with Alexis uh, about the tradition of uh, curandissimo. Um, and I, so I know we were kind of kind of getting into into a little bit of um, kind of the how how it is the tradition and and all that. Now, being that we we do talk about kind of the current pagan community. Um, what are some things that you that you have going on that you're doing inside of the pagan community? So I'm super excited this year. I'm going to be doing opening ceremony for Pagan Pride here in Phoenix. Ooh, and yes. then I'm also going to be teaching a seminar on the three fires. Um, so I'll give a little bit away. Um, get, get a little little free yeah, test te teaser. The, yes. One of the uh, deities that we're going to be talking about is Weiweiteo, who is the grandfather fire. And uh, we're going to talk about how these three um, fires, they show up in our lives. They're uh, used through the medicine wheel mm -hmm. and how we can work with them to co-create things that we want to see in our lives. Awesome. I like that. Very cool. Any uh, Anything else going on? Um, that That for right now is it. I'm in kind of like the end of the year planning stages for next year uh, you'll be able to find at my studio um, some classes that explain more about this work um, I really believe that um, it's important for us as individuals to be healthy mm -hmm. um, if we can't be healthy as individuals then we our family units aren't healthy and that dribbles out into the community. So in my studio, um, we, we use the belief that healthy individuals create healthy families, healthy families create healthy communities, and healthy communities create a healthy world, mm -hmm. which is the foundation of Kurundurisimo. We use it for ourselves to make ourselves healthy and whole. 
we use it in our homes to make our homes healthy, safe places. And then we go out into the community and we do community work. So in my studio, I always have free community classes. Um, and then there are other classes that you can come to that are more involved and more in depth, but everybody always leaves community classes with tools that they can use for themselves. And those will start again in January. Awesome. So um, you mentioned earlier that you're working on a next step in your knowledge base. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and what your time frame is for that? So, um, yeah, so I... The biggest smile. (laughs) (laughs) I really love the Temescal. Um, It has a special place in my heart for the medicine that it holds for people, the things that we can do. Um, We do ritual and ceremony in it. We can also do body work. Um, The Temescal is used for birthing and for... uh, birth ceremony as well. And I am hoping um, to be able over the next couple of years to finish my initiation work to be able to lead uh, lead Temescal work here in Arizona. Um, there's only a couple of Temescals here. Uh, there's one up north. Um, there's one um, kind of in the Tempe area that I know of. Um, but I would like to be able to bring, um, they're all over New Mexico and traditionally in Mexico, most of the homes have one, um, because they're used so frequently they're, they're good for, um, both physical and spiritual health. And so my goal is to be able to bring one here to have, um, one of the curanderos that I know in Mexico be able to come and help me build one here. For the community um, to be able to start doing more of that work. And what exactly is a tomanskal? A tomanskal. Tomanskal. <laughs> yep. Got it. I they are. Um, they come in different shapes and sizes. Traditionally, mm-hmm. um, they were square or kind of. Uh, um, they're kind of like a shell shape. Um, when Mexico was heavily colonized, a lot of them went underground because they were viewed as being um bad Mm -hmm. i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) understanding what happened in them um there wasn't a way to explain it and um but they're used there um sometimes it's women only sometimes it's men only sometimes it's a mixed community Mm -hmm. we do uh meditation work uh singing sometimes body work um, in there. They're used for helping us to release trauma. Um, So a lot of times um, they were used for um, after there was a battle for warriors to be able to come home and restore themselves so that there wasn't PTSD. Um, And then just generally in life, Right. Like we go around all day long and we collect all this stuff that we carry around and being able to go into the Temescal where it's hot and it's dark and it's, you know, anonymous as you are um, going through the process of releasing or grieving. Um, it, it's therapeutic to do it by yourself but it's really therapeutic to be able to do it as a community and to be able to support each other while you're going through it. So, so essentially it's, it's just a, a, a personal or a 
a, a ritual magic space that you can go into and and just do what you need to do to mm-hmm. release the 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 battle of the day or just you know the the grief or anything um would would it also be kind of considered uh more like a like a sweat lodge or yes. so okay. they are they're sweat lodge they're um so if you look at like the lakota tradition mm-hmm. their sweat lodges are more masculine mm-hmm. where the tamaskal is very feminine and um we keep the fire on the outside of it then um, there's a wall that is heated with the fire and we use tea or water um, to create more of a steam experience Mm -hmm. inside of it and it's a lot easier to control the heat that way they can get hot don't get me wrong (laughs) (laughs) right no i'm sure i don't know i I mean, I, I don't even think you would need a fire out here in Arizona. No. Just just put some put some metal paneling on one wall. You'll be fine. Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> even I've, you know, I've done a couple in New Mexico during the summer, and it mm-hmm. was it was toasty. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, that's probably a very interesting experience. It it is because I I I have uh, my family in Mexico. Actually, they they've they span actually all the way back to, to Mayan tradition. So I've done a little bit of study kind of just going back and Thomas call is actually something that I've, I've always actually been interested in, in taking part in an experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we're, we're, we know somebody now who's, who's trying to bring one. Yay. So I think that would be a very, um, b- very interesting thing to do, especially, you know, once, once it gets uh, dedicated and all that. Right. And so how do our listeners find out more and learn on their own or figure out who they can go find to be initiated? Um, So you can learn more about Crindorismo um, with me at my studio, Crow and Owl. You can find me on the internet at mycrowandowl.com, Facebook, Crow and Owl, or on Instagram, mycrowandowl. Um, There's... Several really fantastic curanderas here in the valley. Um, there's one at South Mountain, Patricia Federico. Um, and then if you are into decolonized food or learning about food as medicine, uh, Felicia Ruiz, um, she's on Instagram. She goes by the Kitchen Curandera. Uh, she's an excellent teacher. If you like reading, I would suggest uh, there are two books that are out uh, by Erica Buenaflor. She's a curandera in the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. The first one that she wrote was Cleansing Rites of Curanderissimo. So it's going to teach about limpia work and herbs for cleansing your home and your workspace. Um, it's also going to give you the history of cleansing rites and why we use them. Mm-hmm. And then her second book is all about soul retrieval. So a lot of the medicine is based on the fact that when certain things happen to us throughout our life, our soul sometimes will split into small pieces. Sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, like say there's a car accident. A portion of you is like, nope, done, out of here, I'll come back when it's safe. Portion of the soul splits um but then there's other parts of life where like there's really serious deep trauma 
and parts of the soul shatter and they just go. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the work as a curandera is um, to work within the different dimensions of life, um, different planes of spirituality. And we go out and we find those parts of the soul um, and then we negotiate their coming back for the person that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is what her second book is about, is the, the history and um, some of the work that we do um, behind that. Nice. So that sounds like a lot of heavy work. Do you have any words of wisdom to any of our listeners who are now interested um, yeah, so if you're interested, really do your research on who's teaching you, uh, where their medicine comes from, what their lineage is. If they're teaching, they should be able to give you a full accounting of who taught them, um, where they come from, who taught them, and eventually like the, the lineage of where that medicine comes from. If they can't um, find somebody else to <laughs> learn from. <laughs> Um, and then really look to make sure that those teachers who are teaching you are, um, walking what they're, what they're teaching Mm -hmm. and that, um, they're not compromised in any way. Well, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Um, We, I think I I learned a ton. Did you learn a lot? Oh yeah, now now I know kind of uh, a little bit more about you know about my 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 personal heritage and kind of going back, learning a little bit more about what my family used to do. Just kind of hearing hearing the processes as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, knowing the behind the scenes of why instead mm-hmm. of just the do. Yes. Awesome. This week we want to thank new Patreon supporters Samantha and Peyton for supporting us on patreon please feel free to go ahead and support us as well i'm sure you heard all about the great benefits of supporting us during our break Mm -hmm. you can find millennial pagan podcast on facebook twitter instagram and you can email us at millennialpaganpod at gmail.com jero where can they find you on the interwebs uh, of course you can find me on my uh, on my twitter at jero stone and of course on my instagram page uh haggard underscore haggard underscore cosplay which just reached 500 followers Woo! Yes. And you can find me, of course, on Facebook and Twitter under I- Autumn Wolf. And you can find me on WordPress at Iron Wolf Circle. I did recently just publish something. I saw that. Oh, thank you. I haven't read it yet, but I, but it's in my queue. You noticed it. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, from all of us here at Millennial Pagan Podcast, Mary Meet. Mary Part. And, and Mary Meet Again. again.